Welcome back to another episode of the Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast. We are three guys sharing our insight and analysis related to college football and the NFL. Every episode, we put our money where our mouth is by sharing our locks of the week, and we record and discuss those plays throughout the course of the season. I'm Zach. I'm Jack. I'm Keith. Let's get it, boys. This is our 10th episode. We have made a ton of progress through our first nine, and as time progresses, we strive for continuous improvement in not only our locks, but also our overall production quality. This week, we plan to continue that trend. Before we get into that, guys, this is also our Thanksgiving edition episode of the podcast. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone this year. I am thankful for the great work you do towards making a great podcast every week with me. I'm also thankful for the Saints being the best team in the NFC, and I'm also thankful for my family and all the other stuff you're supposed to say during the holidays. So, Jack, Keith, I'm thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for a job that unfortunately I have to work at for 16 hours on Thanksgiving Day this year. Shout out to being employed, I guess. But you guys are going to have to catch me up on the football that I miss on Thanksgiving. But yeah, I'm thankful for family, friends, football, anything that starts with a letter F, I guess. Yeah, second my thankfulness for the Saints being tops the NFC as well as ND being up there in the polls. All in all, it's been a decent football season thus far. And of course, thankful for family, friends, and good health. And it's a wonderful podcast I get to be a part of. Thanks, guys, for sharing what you're thankful for. I'm thankful for you being thankful. To open up episode 10, let's begin with a new segment we like to call WTF. WTF. Standing for What the Football. As we all know, especially those of us in the sports betting world, sometimes we can hit the nail on the head with our wagers, and other times we just get it flat out wrong. In this week's edition, we will go to Keith, who locked up Syracuse at Louisville on Friday night last week. We love getting weekday games onto the slate, but this is a call we just got flat out wrong. Keith, WTF happened to the Syracuse Orange this week. WTF. Long story short, Syracuse did next to nothing on offense. The Orange ran 41 offensive plays to Louisville's 79. Of Syracuse's 10 possessions, only two lasted more than four plays, the longest of which was a seven-play, 32-yard drive that ended on downs in the fourth quarter. Their defense was so gassed due to offensive ineptitude, it's a wonder they only gave up 10 points in the second half. And I knew going into this game that it was Syracuse, true freshman Jacoby and Morgan's second start, and I really had no delusions about Syracuse having a shot to win this one, but I thought that the same Syracuse team that rushed for 150 yards against Clemson would be able to muster up enough points to cover. Lesson learned. Don't bet on a bad team and expect a positive result. This very, very bad football team is at home against NC State next Saturday, and the Wolfpack are 14.5 point favorites, and they are a minus 670 money line. That is a perfect addition to any parlay this weekend. Keith, I know that we were talking back and forth during this game, and it did not surprise either of us that Syracuse ultimately scored zero points. Uh, That offense looked really, really rough. Rip to any hope that Syracuse might win another game this year. Yeah, they were abysmal, and I don't plan on pinning any more hopes on Syracuse this season. Moving along, Jack, I've got to say, you provided some really great entertainment value and comedy on top of some great action on Saturday. In our group chat and on your own personal Twitter, you were openly rooting against your LSU Tigers. While you were sweating the game, I was just kind of laughing and enjoying the show. I didn't have action on this game, but it's nice being on the outside looking in on someone betting against their own team for a change. So do you want to talk us through that game and lock? WTF. This week proved to me that this is not a strategy that I will ever deploy again in regards to my locks of the week. The refs once again went to the replay booth and made a few questionable calls against Arkansas in the first half. Not surprised. A very clear fumble by LSU that should have been overturned was allowed to stand. Arkansas also had a number of players ruled out due to COVID-19 protocol on Friday, including six defensive linemen. Additionally, there was bad weather in the second half of this game. Felipe Franks slipped at the five-yard line to score an easy touchdown late, which eventually led to a field goal 
in the fourth quarter. Arkansas also missed a game-tying field goal with less than two minutes left that would have sent the game to overtime. So yes, Zach, I tried to take a page out of your playbook and it failed. Arkansas money line ultimately didn't work out. They probably could have won that game and didn't come through. So on the other end of the fan spectrum, Zach, you and I love to hate the Seattle Seahawks. You took Arizona to cover on Thursday night football. How'd that end up going for you? Not well, but before I break this down for you boys, let me take a quick detour. Y'all need to find someone who loves you as much as Troy Aikman loves DK Metcalf. Because that broadcast Thursday night might as well have been a DK Metcalf GOAT hype tour. Now, before Seahawks fans come at me on Twitter, don't hear what I'm not saying. DK is supremely athletic. He's very talented. He's got a super bright future in this league, and he's probably a top two receiver on the Seahawks. But Troy, man, my guy was absolutely insufferable listening to during this game. He wanted Russ to throw a vertical route to DK every single play, and he said as much. Despite Russ's line not giving him the kind of time most of the night to do that, and for the fact that this is an NFL Blitz 2000 where you can just throw the bomb up. There was a play in the second half where DK dropped an easy pass over the middle that would have been a first down and a pretty good game. Troy just smoothly glossed over the drop and then raved about how good DK is because he probably would have taken it to the house if he had caught it. I'm like, dude, he dropped the ball. What are you talking about? He had a couple big drops in that game, but it didn't matter. The Seahawks won. The Cardinals looked pretty rough overall. Kyler's box score numbers looked fine, but his running was pretty limited and his shoulder looked to be kind of bothering him on several throws. That happened early in the game when he appeared to get banged up on a sack but definitely wasn't his best game. Credit to the Seahawks defense. They looked probably the best they've looked all year. They held the Cardinals pretty well. So I'm probably going to fade these two teams going forward the rest of the season. They're both pretty unpredictable in how they're going to play. I regretted betting this game after all. I regretted locking it, but that's game one for you. WTF, Troy. <laughs> WTF. WTF, Troy, indeed. I actually turned the audio for this game on Amazon Prime off of the Joe Buck, Troy Aikman broadcast. If you check out my Twitter, I frequently rant about Joe Buck, so I just can't even listen to the dude. So I switched it over to the scout feed, and I will say that was infinitely more pleasant to listen to. Troy Aikman, you have one too many concussions, bro. Joe Buck's a big Dodgers fan, as me and Zach noticed in earlier episodes. He was openly rooting against the Braves in the National League Championship Series, and as a Braves fan, I could not stand it. WTF, Troy Aikman, and Joe Buck, you both suck. Moving into our next segment, ESP and CNBC, a new segment where we focus on news and games from the past week that we found interesting. I know the boys have a few fan favorites they want to catch everybody up on. Yeah, so to kick this off, we got to look back at the shots, baby. The uh, original darling of this podcast. Triple C's, baby. Coastal Carolina beat App State 34-23. This game was a sweat down to the end, and the Shants were covering the 3.5 point spread late in the fourth. And they happened to seal the victory with a questionable pick six at the end, but hey, we'll take it. Cincy, on the other hand, fucked us hard, causing all three of us to lose some coin, as Keith likes to say. Cincy was a four and a half point favorite at kickoff, and despite getting down early, came back to take the lead and to cover the spread. Yeah, like the week before in the NFL, Cincy left an easy TD on the field at the one-yard line. That ended the game pretty haphazardly on a near fuck-up with one second left to give UCF the ball back. Uh, Jack and I were rooting hard for UCF to score on that final play because Luke Fickle is an asshole who only cares about skating by with a win, and he doesn't care about trying to impress the playoff committee with points on the board. Like, come on, dude. If you score that TD, you're up 10 with about a minute 50 to go. UCF isn't up overcoming that deficit. But anyway, Cincinnati ultimately won 36-33 and is now 8-0 on the season. Big whoop. But they're dead to us, and they swiftly have been replaced by new sweethearts, such as Western Michigan for Zach and myself and the Buffalo Bulls for Jack. Hashtag Maxion, baby. Let's go. Yeah, I think starting next week, we are strictly a Mac-only podcast. Maxion. 
I do have to mention one more heartbreaking loss this week. It was our other sweetheart, Liberty, lost to NC State 14-15. to Still covering the spread, but they lost the perfect unbeaten record this year, so they will not be unbeaten when they face the Shants later in the year. Shants. Good job by NC State not calling a timeout to try to ice the kicker and just letting it play out. Unlike Virginia Tech, they blocked the kick and that was a wrap. So Wolfpack did their thing. I think we probably like Liberty over the shots if we had to say who would win whenever they ultimately play. That's just my takeaway from this weekend. Coastal kind of left it open a little bit longer than I thought they would. Liberty keep up with NC State, only losing by a point. I think that Liberty probably is going to win, but if they could ultimately tie, that would just be great because we don't want either of these teams to lose another game for the rest of the year. You say that, but the only way a tie is happening is if it gets canceled for COVID, and I don't want that to happen. So I hope they play, and I hope it goes to seven overtimes. Hey, when Liberty goes to play the Shants, you know, they won't be favored as heavily thanks to this loss. If they had won, then, you know, the betting probably wouldn't have been as juicy. So we'll take it. We will definitely take it. Go Flames, baby. Go Flames. Moving along on Monday, Dabo Sweeney had the audacity to come out and say FSU used COVID-19 as an excuse to cancel their game this past weekend. A Clemson player tested positive, causing the medical staff of the two schools to disagree on playing on Saturday. Yeah, that's an absolutely ridiculous notion. I mean, let's be real. Everybody knows that Clemson would have dog-walked Florida State in that game. Florida State's really just missing out on a game check for the TV money. So there's really no way that Florida State would not have wanted to play this game strictly for financial reasons. They have no stake whatsoever in the postseason. Let's keep it real, Davo. They were not ducking you, and COVID is an actual concern. Do not take medical advice from football coaches. That's my personal recommendation for everyone who's listening to this. Zach, anything you want to bring up about good old Dr. Dabo? Dr. Dabo. The more and more that guy speaks, the less and less I like him. And I mean, at this point, I don't like him anyway. Just every time he says something that's not related to like his team specifically, it comes off so tone deaf and arrogant. There's not much else I can say. I just I don't like this guy at all. He might be a great head coach, but he's got some red flags and some stuff he kind of needs to work out. As long as he's talking about X's and O's, he's, you know, funny, charming, whatever. But it it really seems like the honeymoon's over now that he's opened his mouth on stuff that doesn't pertain to what's in between the lines whatsoever. I know neither of you will say this. I'll just say it. Stick to football, Dabo. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. Speaking of teams ducking other teams, people are saying that BYU is ducking Washington this weekend. Washington supposedly wanted to play them. BYU refuses to accept that invitation. That should be on your radar as well. Moving along into the NFL, which has proven itself unpredictable as eight underdogs covered the spread in 14 games during week 11. Two of those including my lock of Dolphins laying three points versus the Denver Broncos, as well as Keith taking the Vikings to cover seven points versus the Cowboys. NFL, like we have constantly said over and over again, is getting harder and harder to predict what is going to happen. And that's why most of my bets over the past couple of weeks have been more college focused. Yeah, the Vikings turned it over twice. I think on paper... I thought the Vikings had a full head of steam coming into the game as far as their ground game. They were really imposing their will, uh, especially against the Packers, and they did a pretty solid job against the Bears, I would say. I thought offensively they were going to do a lot better than turn the ball over a couple of times. I think if you gave them those possessions back, they covered the six and a half uh, with ease. But, you know, that's not how games are played on paper. They're played on the gridiron. I came up not even a little bit short. I came up quite short this weekend, and I just want to put my head down and cry think we can go ahead and put the Vikings back on our list of teams that we should be fading every week you know they kind of got a little bit of momentum like you said but they're bums 
Yeah, there are definitely bombs. I can agree with that. Eating the berries doesn't make you legit, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to wrap up the news for last week. On to our next segment, Lightning Locks. We are going to do a new rapid format for our locks of the week this week. Uh, making locks every week has been a staple of the podcast since our first episode, but this week we bring a new spin on it with our lightning locks. Each of us will be limited to two minutes to break down our upcoming locks. The podcast is now 20, 21, and 1 through our first nine episodes. Uh, let's move over to Zach first, who is now 7-9 and nine on the year and went 1-1 one one last week. Yeah, before I get into my Thursday lock, let me brag real quick about having the only winning lock of this past week with Iowa laying two and a half against Penn State and winning 21 to 21. Right before game time, the line moved to Iowa plus one, which I thought was pretty ridiculous. I don't know how anyone would have thought Penn State was going to win this. I stopped watching this game around the third quarter because it felt like it was over with. Penn State scored a couple times late. The closest they got was within 10. Moving along, I have to work Thanksgiving this year, but that's not keeping me away from that sweet turkey day action. But I couldn't just lock one game. I saw two that I had to take. So this Thursday, NFL locks are back on the menu with a two-leg parlay. I'm staying away from the Cowboys in Washington. I don't trust Dallas. I don't trust Washington. But who I do trust is the Lions to choke on Thanksgiving Day. So for the first leg of this parlay, I'm taking the Texans money line. Minus 136 when I took it. Now the minus 150-ish. I'm tempted to take the Texans just laying the two and a half points here. But for the sake of this parlay lock, I am just going to stick to the money line. The Lions haven't won a Thanksgiving day game since 2016 and they're under 500 on the holiday overall at 37 and 41 for this matchup texans are just the better team and coming off a win against new england last week meanwhile the lions are fresh off a 20 to nothing shutout against the teddy bridgewater list panthers of all teams so stafford's been battling a thumb injury galladay is questionable deandre swift is questionable i mean that's most of detroit's firepower right there so i trust deshaun watson to get it done and carry the texans to victory then for my other leg of the parlay, I'm going to Heinz Field for the night game on Turkey Day. I'm taking the Steelers to remain unbeaten and take down the Ravens, just like they did in Week 8. Steelers' money line was minus 165. Now the Ravens' backs are against the wall, and I do expect them to be coming out hungry. And this is one of the best rivalries in sports. However, the Ravens have lost two in a row, three of their last four, and the Steelers obviously haven't lost a game this season. The Ravens also are missing offensive tackle Orlando Brown still, who is on IR. And the offensive line and the entire offense hasn't looked the same since. Factor in that Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins are on the COVID list, and the Steelers are just too balanced and too good to lose this game. So parlay the Texans and Steelers money line. You're looking at plus 180 odds, maybe a little bit less at this point, but not bad for a can't-miss lock. Uh, yeah, I like this lock. I really like the Texans this year. I know they've greatly underperformed, and it seems like after shedding Bill O'Brien, they are definitely on the upswing. Um, I'm not saying this just because I have Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller on my fantasy team, although that is a bonus. It's it's really all about the Lions here. That's the story. Uh, they are not going to win this game. And then as far as the Steelers and the Ravens, Steelers, we're still not sure if they're frauds or not, but you can't argue with their undefeated record so far. The Ravens, m- meanwhile, they are are a team this year that has been extremely inconsistent on both sides of the ball. With their recent COVID outbreak this week, I don't know that they're going to be able to get it together. Steelers are definitely looking like a solid play as well. Uh, But overall, I really do like this lock. That is going to wrap up Zach's lightning lock. Like Zach said, that line is going to keep moving down and down in terms of the odds for these favorites, so lock it up while you can. Let's move over to me. I am now 8-9 and on the year, and I went 0-2 in the last episode. Timer, start now. I had nothing to say in regard to Zach's lock because I'm taking it one step further. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to throw in the Cowboys money line into that parlay? 
Not quite. But the Steelers are going to win, and they're going to cover four and a half points on Thursday night. Lock it up. A little bit more insight into that game. Pittsburgh is getting 49% of the bets at the time of this podcast, but 85% of the money. Steelers are 8-2 and two against the spread this season, and 4-1 and one in the last five games. Steelers won by four last time these two teams met in week eight, and that was in Baltimore, so I will gladly take that extra half a point at home, despite fans being there or not. On Monday, the Ravens shut down their facilities due to COVID-19 protocol. A handful of other players are expected to miss this game in addition to the Baltimore running backs. Add all of that together on top of a shortened week and it doesn't bode well for the Ravens. Rumors are circulating that Mike Tomlin has said that the Ravens are using COVID as an excuse to not play this game. Just kidding, but honestly, that seems more likely in this situation than the Clemson FSU situation. To keep it short and sweet, guys, Steelers are playing great and the Ravens are on a downward slope. The Steelers are probably the least talked about 10-0 team. I think they're frauds and that they're really not as good as their record indicates, but I digress. Makes this lock simple as that, guys. And if the Steelers lose just parody in the nfl Steelers minus four and a half lock it up that'll wrap it up for jack's lightning lock rounds keith what's your action for this week well boys i am now five three and one on the year after my dazzling 0-2 performance this past weekend and if i go into this weekend then i'm staring at 500 right down there with y'all so i really need to write the ship this week and to do that i am actually gonna go with my alma mater notre dame fighting irish minus three and a half against the tar heels of the university of north carolina we've already discussed the tar heels at length this year they are very much a jekyll and hyde team they perform well when you are not looking but when you bet in their favor they they're just gonna completely shit the bed, as has been stated. Now, both of these teams are four and four against the spread this year. In terms of a three and a half point spread in college football with a number two ranked team versus a North Carolina team that we all think is a bunch of frauds, this is essentially a pick 'em game, but obviously I like Notre Dame to cover. Keith, I like the fact that you're not betting against your team because that is just officially blasphemy when it comes to sports betting for me at this point. Hey, one of us has to have a team that you don't bet against, you know. One of us actually has to root for a good team. Like you said, the line has moved to four and a half at this rate. By the time this podcast hits your ears, it could be even at five or five and a half. So get it while you can, guys. Uh, Like we've said before, and what will ultimately probably become one of our 10 commandments of sports betting, bet the favorites early and wait to bet the dogs because when those lines move, you better get in quick or it could ultimately end up costing you like it did with us and Cincy. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our lightning locks for our weekday Thanksgiving action. Go ahead and move into our outro for this episode. We plan on having a bonus episode after the Notre Dame game concludes on Friday. We will catch you up with our Saturday and Sunday action with that podcast, which should be hitting your ears definitely by Saturday morning. Guys, anything else you want to share before we end up wrapping this one up? Yeah, just one more time. Luke Fickle, you're an asshole. Beyond that, I don't really have much to say. Cincy, you are no longer a sweetheart of the Zach and Jack Sports Betting Podcast. If you lose to Troy or like some other bad team, I don't even know who's in your conference because they're so bad. You're not making the playoffs this year because you can only beat UCF by three points. Yeah, you left a touchdown on the table and that lack of style points is probably going to cost you in the college football playoff rankings. And I hope your season crashes and burns from here. Yeah, so we're not going to make the case for you to make the playoffs. All right, guys. Well, before we head out, thanks again for listening. We really do appreciate it. Now the Zach and Jack and Matt podcast. Keith and Keith. <laughs> I like it. Action, baby.
This is episode 10, a big milestone for us. We have come a long way since we got off the ground. If you want to keep up with what we were up to in between episodes, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ZNJSB Podcast. We're also now available on all major podcasting platforms where we release at least one episode every week. We're also on YouTube as well. Thanks again so much for listening, guys. DraftKings, we are still waiting. I'm sure you will be sending out some nice free promo bets and cool things going on. If you live in Colorado and not New Hampshire where Keith makes his bets. Yeah, no, no promos for me this week. That's a bummer. I will be taking full advantage. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. I'm Zach. I'm Jack. And I'm Keith. And that's going to do it for us, guys. Happy Thanksgiving, and may all of your bets prosper. Peace. Deuces.